Chapter Chumps, where your chumps here to talk some chapters. Before we really get started, check this out. You oh, hear that? Baby. Oh, baby. Starting this off with a can crack. You know, I'm not done with my current can, but I'm going to crack open mm. my next one anyways. You're going to crack it open. I'm going to crack it open anyways. Nice. Yes. Ooh, hear that pop from Josh? Yep. That was a quality pop. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking a, a yingling. An oldie, but a goodie. Yum, yum. Um, so today we're going to be talking about chapters 9 and 10 of The Hobbit. Who wrote The Hobbit again? Uh, J J.K. Um, hmm. Turfkin. Yeah, yes. I hear they're in a bit of hot water these days. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. The Turfkin estate. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just glad that JK isn't around, you know, to, to see this shit, you know. I know, absolutely. He um, or she would be rolling in their grave. Like, it would be nuts. So... Uh, no, sorry. It's uh, um, George R.R. R. Tolkien. There we go. Yeah. I, you know, I've never looked it up, but I feel like as a as a fantasy writer, like you know, did George R.R. R. Martin like is his is his initials really like R.R. or was he just like oh I think I'll do that because that's like you know yeah no that's a that's I mean. How, how could he not be, you know, immensely influenced by Lord of the Rings, right? You, yeah, we're going to have, like... There, there's no way. Two, two, like, incredibly famous fantasy writers with RR in their name? Really? Yeah, According I mean, to their abouts, just doing a quick search, they both have two R middle names. Josh, we don't fact check on Chapter Chumps. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going to have to... We're going to have to omit your submission because we just do not fact check here. Well, no, it's going to be in there because our, our lead audio technician doesn't edit anything out. But also, it's 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 clearly fake news. So It could be fake news. Know, I mean, it's, it clearly is fake news. Josh, where are you getting it from? Uh, I just did a quick Google search. Yeah, Google. Come, uh, on. Yeah. Come on. You can't trust Google. That's all fake news. And we, I mean, we do know, we do know that Google has has really uh declined in quality as a search engine yes. for a long time yes oh yeah true. very true Absolutely. so but i mean i think i would have ducked duck it if i were you josh I, I think we can uh trust names that are publicly available even Bing. i don't i mean okay no, i mean you could do ask jeeves ask did you jeeves ask jeeves is ask jeeves even still around We've had this conversation. I think we before. have. We have had this conversation. Connor was in the camp that Ask Jeeves was not real, and then you went on to Ask Jeeves, I, I and we went through like real. a whole thing where we were like, "No, you know, it's, it's just Ask.com. That's what it was. It can't be Jeeves anymore." But no, yeah. I I did find out the secret. the 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 actual secret is Ask Jeeves. It, it does still exist, but it's only on the dark web now. Mm. It's it's dark cool Jeeves. Yeah, dark Jeeves. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of scary. Um, but yeah. no, obviously George R.R. R. Martin is is a uh, 
Tolkien fanboy, and yes. that makes me think that like maybe Game of Thrones like started as a as a Lord of the Rings fanfic. Probably, you know, Pro- yeah, like the same way that um, Fifty Shades of Grey was a Twilight fanfiction. Exactly. Like Game of Thrones is like the Fifty Shades of Grey of Lord of the Rings. Hundred percent. I mean, in more ways than one. I mean, think of how much fucking there is yeah, in Game of Thrones. It's I've I've heard it. It can be quite sexual. It's a it's a lot. Yeah. And how much fucking have we seen in The Hobbit? Uh, a big old goose egg. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, Thorn wasn't a thong. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that we don't close. know everything that went down in those cells, but that was better than nothing. I'll take. What so, I'm anyways. Um, so yeah, you know, chapters, chapters nine and 10. Um, but Hey, before we get to all that, you get to listen to us talk about our lives. That's the real reason why you're here. Dear listener. Don't act like we don't know. So let's do some pros and cons. Um, I'm going to start today. Last time I said, I think I was going to start and then I I couldn't, I just had no clue (laughs) what to say, but I'm ready today um my pro is i did finish my book yay um, reading it wow Um, and i i wrapped that up just like an hour and a half ago or so um but i i really i really did finish reading it today was the last day this is my cutoff point i made it i wasn't even sure if i was gonna have to like reschedule uh doing the pod but i was like no way because then it's like it doesn't even count you know it's like i can't i gotta so, i gotta just do it so your other book is gonna take precedence over the podcast no, that's no, no no that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i i didn't i in in a moment of weakness i was i was considering i was like do i have to do this but it it, it wouldn't be a, a true victory then anyways you know let's get this clear okay you, th- th- what what we're reading th- that's the main main thing that's you right that's who you're married to yeah, these yes. other books—they're just—they're—that's they're, the side, side right? They're just flings, flings on the side. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But anyways, so my pro is that I finished it. It was a good book, and I finished it within my self-imposed time frame. So, um, so that means I—I'm I, still on track for a book a month. So I, I read um, *The Midnight Library* by Matt Haig. Pretty good. I liked it. Okay. Uh, Good job, buddy. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Yeah. 11 more to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. And I promise I won't reschedule a podcast due to one of them. So I'll just do that for other reasons that are also done, yeah, but not for you reading a book. About it. Yeah. About <laughs> and then my, my con, um, it's not totally a con, but I, I did all, I got my hair cut. You guys, you guys can see me. I got my hair cut. Yeah, um, looks fine. Thank, thanks, Josh. I did want to get my hair cut. Um, I don't feel like it's the best haircut I've received in my life. Um, it's always really hit or miss. You were expecting it to be the best one? No, I mean, no, no. I, to be sure, I've had way worse haircuts than this. This is not like an awful haircut by any means, but... I don't know what it is. It's just not, it's not right. It's like, it was too, it's not, there's like too much on top and too little on the sides. You know, it doesn't yeah, flow. Yeah. Um, well, but you a wig somewhere you could wear. Yeah. 
That that's true. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, right now I'm rocking it. It's it's fine. Um, you know, once it grows out a little bit more, I'll probably cut it myself, like I do yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, or uh, not. You know, you could you could not do that, and and maybe I might though. I might. I did. I did try. I did try to cut my own hair before I went to go get my hair cut. Um, I was like, okay, all I gotta do is put the top up, and then I'm gonna take my razor and I'm gonna go around the back and sides, and I just had way too much hair for that to work. Just. You know, I mean, I knew I had a lot of hair, but I didn't realize what it would be like to try and cut that much hair. Because I, my, my haircutting, my, my self haircutting, you know, my experience is rather minimal. But I have done it um, when my hair was shorter. Did you cut any, oh. anything? I off? did. You did? I did. What I, what I did, so I had the, my, the top of my hair up, and then I kind of pulled the rest back, and I cut with a scissor to try and get it down. And then I took a razor and I, I went up just the right side of my head, just like a couple passes before I realized like it was not gonna work the way that I was expecting or hoping it to. And so I, I went to bed that night with like <laughs> just like a patch, a patch <laughs> of the side of my hair, just like off. Um, and I, you know, I, I left myself a buffer day. And I knew if I fucked up, you know, I could go get my hair cut. So, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. what I did. But, um, so yeah, it, it was a fun experiment. Those are my pros and cons for the week. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Who's up next? Um, I guess I can go. Um, hmm. Maybe Connor should go. I need to sort a few things in my head real quick. I Hey, that's where I was at last week. I get yeah. it. Um, yeah, I mean, mine, mine are kind of, uh, simple. Uh, my pro is that I finally, well, I, yeah, I guess, I guess here's the, it's, it's going to be a pros and, and cons double, you know, one thing, but double, double whammy. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, last week I, I was telling you guys how I was, out of my Lexapro, yeah, which causes like brain zaps and stuff, and mm. and and other kind of like weird side effects. Um, and the last time I I had like done that, where I like like went multiple days without taking it, was probably in like twenty um, twenty fifteen twenty sixteen. So it's been a long, long time, and um, you know, part of me was like. I, I want to see what it feels like again, you know, like, like I want to like remind myself what this sensation is. And, um, it was a very bad, bad, bad move. Cause yeah, like the first day I was like, fine. You, I can kind of feel like a little strangeness in my head, you know? And then the second day, just like brain zaps and kind of, um, just, yeah, just like a, like a heightened off feeling. And then the third day was like, it was, it was torture. It was, you know, uh, like chills, nausea, headache, brain zap. Like it was just really, really bad. And then I had to, um, you know, like jump through hoops to get my medicine filled, uh, because I hadn't, I hadn't taken any action to get it. I, I, I could have gotten this thing filled weeks ago if I wanted to. It's not hard. Like it's not, it's not a controlled substance or anything. So that was just me being pushing it off and off and but um so so yeah finally after that uh 
you know, hellish reminder. I, I, I was able to get my Lexapro filled. And then you take the first one, like within a few hours, you start to feel normal again. So it was, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just makes me feel, you know, so that's the pro that I did get it and I feel normal again. But that makes me think like, well, if and when I ever want to get off of it, it's just going to be such a fucking challenge. Um, and uh is, is there like a maybe they like wean you off they, of it if you they they do i've i've looked into this extensively and some people are fine if if they you know wean you off of it you know relatively slow but some people even after you know doing the slowest weaning after weaning very slowly um Sleaning, if you will yeah exactly <laughs> Um, people have side effects for for months or years. It, it's it, and and the severity depends on the person. So it's like, it's 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 something I wish I was never prescribed when I was you know eighteen and said I had anxiety. Like it's just uh, um, one of those things, I guess. That do you feel like it's it's helpful though, or is it just that you take it because it's painful to be off of it? No, I mean, it definitely it definitely helped me when I was younger and when I did have anxiety, um, it, it kind of like, I, I you know, it, it like helped me, you know, be able to like function a little bit more and not, not like lay in bed all day because of, because you're so fucking nervous to do anything. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it like, it made the difference between like living a life and, that's that's still full of anxiety and and horror um or like living not a life and just you know uh being a hermit or whatever for me and um so so that's good but i i i do feel like um i've gotten more to like the root cause of my anxiety now in that i don't think um that should have been the first line of defense i guess yeah um but that's that's all in the past you can't change it but um but it it will be interesting when that day comes and then also with all these shortages and stuff i'm like well when the day comes when the medicine is on back order like what happens then to all of us and that's so those are kind of some scary thoughts i'm like thinking about yeah brain zap america yeah you know yeah that's a Oops. That that's a good uh, album name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Josh, have okay. you collected your your thoughts yeah. a bit more? So I've actually had a, a very good week overall. Um, so the pro side, I had to try to think of something worth talking about, um, and not like play down anything else. But I want to start with the cons, and that's difficult because. Um, it's not quite a con for me, but for a friend. Um, and I, I want to be sensitive about it because it's an ongoing situation. But uh, a friend of mine had something come up yesterday and turned to me for support and advice. And uh, I was grateful that to, or I was glad to, to be of any assistance I could be. I'm 100 miles away. I can't do much else aside from talk to them. Um, but it's, it's been a, a cloud over everyone's head for the last two days. Um, but they're, they're doing all right and they have family with them now. 
So hopefully things continue to improve. I can tell you more about it off the podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, Khan, my friend is going through a rough time and I wish I could be there for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hey, I got to make them, I, I was able to help them laugh like right as this thing was starting. So, um, yeah, that's important. And, uh, pro, I'm just going to go with the fact that I got my 3D printer turned on for the first time in over a year today, like literally an hour ago. Um, Sweet. So hopefully I can start printing some stuff again. I'm not sure what at this point, but it was just, it's been sitting next to me this entire time. And if we weren't doing the podcast, I would have set up a print right now. But I was, I was thoughtful I mean, he, and you don't hear the, the mechanical worry. Yeah. You, you've come so far, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, that that's that's the most recent pro in my life. Okay, well that that's that's a good one, and and you know, uh, uh, best wishes to your friend and, and whatever they're going through. You know, hope mm-hmm. hope hope the storm uh, passes. Um, but but yeah, I mean, sounds like it was good that you were there for uh, you know comfort and, I, and levity. I mean, it was it was kind of lucky because I happen they they reached out to me at like. 8 a.m. Uh, yesterday, and my typical work schedule is I'm on my work computer uh, in the other room from like 7:15 to uh, 4 p.m. But yesterday, I happened to have this shower thought and was like, "All right, I'm going to sign in on my work computer and work in my office for like 30 minutes while I write down the shower thought and let whatever updates on my work computer happen." because I'd be the exact same amount of productive. And I was literally turning to like get up and like walk back into the other room with my work computer and just really start my, my productive work day when my friend messaged me and it was like, Oh yeah, of course I could talk. I, this is highly unusual. This must be important. So yeah, well the the timing on that was just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Perfectly worked out. I should say, but the situation is not. Sure. It's like, uh, one of those hitchhikers coincidences, you know, where it's like, yeah, because this thing happened, you know, you you were kind of yeah. able to be in a position that that you usually wouldn't have been. Yeah, no, that that, that was uh, a a bit uncanny. It really was uncanny. It's just like I, all right, I I've been going through this shower thought. I, I'm writing down the 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 new stuff for it, and all right, let's get to work. And that's there's my friend. <laughs> So and I don't want to dwell on this. It's let's yeah, because it, it is sensitive. So well, talk, thank you for for sharing, service. Josh. And I'll you know I, I second Connor's sentiment. You know, um, hopefully whatever it is, they'll be able to come out on the other side. Okay, so I th- I think they will. It's at this point we're kind of waiting to see what happens. So gotcha. Well, all right. Um, well, hey, thanks, y'all. Let me just mention, um, I don't know how you guys have felt, but I, I've liked the the pros and cons segment, and I feel like it's kind of a good reminder. It's like, I don't know. I guess I like it because it's not just about saying what's good in our lives, because I think it's also 
healthy to share things that, you know, feel like they're weighing you down sometimes um, or can put you in that more negative headspace. And I'm glad that, you know, we just have like this, this small space that we've made for ourselves to kind of share that and, and catch up and keep each other in the loop, even as we, we talk about books and shit. So <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, it, 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 it feels like it's opened up a little bit from the beginning, you know, it feels like we, it's, it's kind of not, not just pros and cons, but, um, it's like a good framing device for, for the things you want to discuss. So yeah, it's been good. Yeah, I hope so. All right. <clears throat> so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the Hobbit, right? We guys, we good. Yeah, I think you mean Hobbit time. I think you mean there and back again. There and back. There and back again. Yeah. You know what's crazy is we are we are pretty, there pretty far in. We are literally we are at the and of there and back again. I think. Uh, you, well, I, you're right. They are there. <laughs> I, I think that's one of my notes actually from from this week. Um, Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I wrote down, now the adventure begins, or now the adventure <laughs> begins. We are officially yeah. at the end of There and Back Again. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, when they, they break out, so we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, it's it's cool to be coming up at this point, and I, I was kind of worried, like, breaking the book up into two chapter inc increments. I was like, oh, is this going to seem like it makes it take too long now, you know, but I think it's been a good pace for this book. Yeah, and, and it's, it's been a fast-paced book. It Like, so much has happened in these 10 chapters so far that it's just like, how is it only 200 pages? Right. Yeah, I appreciate... Yeah, I mean, we've yes. kind of talked about this, but, like, each... I, I like that each chapter is, like, its own little adventure within, like, the grander scope of the story, you know, mm -hmm. um, it almost feels like it's a whole bunch of like interconnected tiny short stories that end up m making up the whole. And it's like, isn't that what a book is? And it's like, yeah, but, um, <laughs> you know, none of it really spills over into the next part or like it always, you know, it's like, it's not like there's two chapters where they're in the elf King's castle. There's there's just the chapter where they're there, and then the next one is the you know, and then it's the escape, you know. So like it's yep. all, it's all like very segmented. Um, and again, like we talked about this too, I think it does kind of lend itself to that nature of like giving a multi-part bedtime story, essentially, you know, or or something to to kind of help you sleep at night. It's like there's closure to each part of it, and there's expectation to the next. Um, in a way that I, I think is done like in a very, very traditional way. So uh, it, yeah, it's been a cool book to read. There's a lot of adventure. Um, I definitely don't have as many notes as I did last time, which I think yeah, is fine. Part of that, I think, you know, I, I really did. I, I felt like I found myself like reading faster or, or not like mulling it over as much as I sometimes do because I did have more reading that I pushed myself to do this week. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about it. So, um, chapter nine, Barrels Out of Bond. Um, so, so essentially what? The Wood Elves end up um, kidnapping or 
taking prisoner uh, Bilbo and the rest of the dwarves. Yes, and Bilbo immediately hides himself with his ring. Yes, right. Oh, yeah, okay. That'll be a good thing to talk about. But um, So, yes, thank you, Josh. Bilbo immediately hides himself with the ring, follows the dwarves and the wood elves back to the castle. Of course, this turns out where it's where Thorin is, too. Um, but all, all the dwarves are locked up. They're not told that Thorin is there. This is something that Bilbo figures out. Um, and then, of course, because Bilbo has the ring on, he's not found. He isn't imprisoned. And so he spends a really long amount of time there. Um, they yeah, say it's like, like weeks. Yeah. It's, like the, it's, dwarves, the dwarves are, like, tired and frail and yeah. losing weight. Yes. Which we, um, we don't get an update about Bomber's weight from the entire <laughs> chapter. No, there there it's is a line where they they remark on his fatness. Though I think when he comes out of the barrel, Tolkien writes something like "Poor fat Bomber." Like, oh, did I must have missed that? I was looking for it, but I, just, I must have missed it somehow. Yeah, I, th I think it's when I think it's when they're coming out of the barrels in the next chapter. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, so so Bilbo, you know, kind of has to devise a plan. Uh, for them to escape, he eventually finds out that Thorin is there. He talks with Thorin, and then he kind of passes Thorin's message on to the other dwarves secretly, you know, to not say what their mission is, you know, to, to hang tight, like Bilbo's going to figure it out. And so sure enough, uh, Bilbo does eventually figure it out. He realizes the way to get out of the 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 castle there's like a um there's like a trapdoor exit over a river where the the wood elves will th like put their supplies or whatever they're done with into the river and have it they have a system where it'll float down river to uh the long lake uh, where like there's a, a a settlement of men who have like a whole thing worked out where where they'll like trade uh, or barter supplies and things like that. So they have this this system for moving their goods, and Bilbo's like, oh, so we can use this. We could we could set up these barrels. And so on the night of this festival, uh, the captain of the guard gets really drunk, passes out. Bilbo takes his keys, frees the dwarves. Uh, they hide in barrels, and then. As the elves come back, they're like, okay, these must be the barrels that are good to go. They throw them into the water. Bilbo's like, wait a minute, I'm not in a barrel. This is my only <laughs> chance I have to leave. So he kind of jumps in after. Um, and then they, they float away together. Um, so it's not a very graceful escape, but that is essentially what we have here. Um, I do have a place I'd like to start. You made me think of it, Josh, because we were talking okay. about how long they were there for, and then you said, and Bilbo put the ring on. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, Bilbo was wearing the ring for at least two weeks straight. He never took it off. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot to say about that in the context of this book, mm -hmm. but I do think that that is going to be something that'll be interesting to talk more about as we continue to read Lord of the Rings, because my understanding is that's actually a pretty big deal. Um, yes. I, my, my understanding as well. Does it make him like really horny or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. 
I mean, he, he saw Thorin wearing that thong, and it was like, <laughs> all, all bets, bets are, are off. off, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. hop it on the head. <laughs> exactly. Which, which head? Which hole is more <laughs> like it, you know? That's a good question. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, it's like, we also kind of have this this kind of zoomed out understanding too that I think there's there's importance that we the reader place on the ring with with our like you know modern day understanding and with our semi knowledge of Lord of the Rings, um, and and yet when Tolkien was writing this book, uh, presumably that wasn't there the same way. So it's it's kind of interesting to see. Almost how casually I feel like it's like, yeah, Bilbo just has the ring on for like weeks. It's yeah. fine. Um, but I really do think that that will be something that's interesting to look back on. This this will be something that um, I'm definitely going to pin to myself and, and be thinking more about. Because it's not really remarked on, but yeah, that that was pretty interesting, I thought. My, my exact note on that point is... Uh... Sauron is napping hard. Bilbo's been wearing this ring nonstop for days slash weeks. <laughs> um, so another another point about the ring. Did we yeah. know the ring bearer cast a shadow? They they did mention that. Um, I forget what chapter it was in. It was mentioned. Okay. It, it, it was brought up in passing. Yes. I thought it was mentioned okay. before too, yeah. Because I, I, it just clocked for me when I was reading that same passage. It's like, wait a minute, he's casting a shadow? Yeah. And they're talking Which, about it like it had been said before, but it was just like I was not willing to go back and look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I like that you mentioned that too, though, because I, I like that detail. It makes me feel like Tolkien really thought about the concept of invisibility because, you know, Bilbo's not uh, – what's what's the word when uh, – he's not, like, intangible, you know? Because right. he's always worried about like bumping into things, so it would make sense that he does cast a shadow, even though you can't see him. So I thought that's a cool detail to have. I'm still confused about why the sword is invisible when it's sheathed, and it's visible when it's he's using it. Uh, that, yeah. that I don't like. Well, that didn't come up in this chapter, though. So that's the same same reasoning as to why his clothes are invisible. <laughs> like it's on him, possibly. So I guess, invisible? but then like. But then, like, he's holding the sword, right? I mean, like, the thing is, there does have to be some kind of boundary between what is invisible and what isn't. Because it's like, oh, well, Bilbo's touching the floor. Is the floor? It's like, obviously not, right? There's kind of, like, a basic understanding of, like, the concept of this kind of invisibility that just makes sense. Even though, like, I feel like if you explain it, it it really doesn't. Yeah. Um, But it's like, why... Yeah, why the clothes and not the... I don't know. He's holding the sword, you know? It's like if... It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's a You're right, Josh. This is not the chapter. <laughs> so, um, what uh, what else about this? Connor, how did you feel reading this chapter? Is there anything that stuck out to you or that you'd like to share? Um, did you listen to the audiobook? So, I'm wondering where you're at here. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I was admittedly cagey about it last week because I didn't want to reveal how I consumed it. Um, last week I did listen to the audiobook again. Um, but my my big revelation is... Um, well, revelation to the audience and to you guys, because I'm sure no one could tell. 
but um, the, the, the second half of the last chapter we read last week, yeah. I like had no, like you were just talking about it all. I was like, I don't know any, I don't remember any of this shit whatsoever. Yeah. I was like, I was like, did he skip a fucking chapter or something? I don't remember any of this happening at all. <laughs> yeah. So, so I kind of like realized like I must have just tuned out like as I was like driving home listening to it. I must have just like not been paying attention at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like thinking yeah. about I, other things. I thought you were a little quiet towards the end of the last week's yeah, podcast. No, that, that's, yeah. That's absolutely why. Um so so I didn't I, I did not listen to the audiobook this time. I did read it, which I I, I, I do think it's I, I think I get I, I get more out of it um reading it. And the audiobook is is good for when I'm in a a pinch, you know. I think I think it's it's definitely helpful, and um, it's fun in its own right. But yeah, I was happy to be reading it again. Um, I I I don't know. I you know I thought it was kind of a fun little chapter with uh, you know Bilbo kind of doing his own thing and kind of uh, keeping keeping consistent, you know not abandoning the dwarves he did have the thought right of of he could just like leave but then he wouldn't know where to go and yeah (laughs) yeah you know would not end well for anybody and um yeah i mean it really shows his resourcefulness with um his his plan with the the caskets and stuff and um yeah i mean i also like the um the the kind of elf culture at, at the compound you know that like mm-hmm. you know i like i like the guards kind of you know goofing off and getting drunk um <laughs> uh yeah it was a fun it's a fun chapter for me the elf the elf work culture yeah, the elf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're they're pretty chill um yeah i dig all that actually i want to mention something or or talk just a little bit about something that you said connor not having to do with the hobbit necessarily but like Kind of the difference between, not even really the difference, but so you were mentioning as you were listening to the audiobook, you kind of spaced out maybe, you know, and, and didn't catch all of it, um, which is fine. Like it happens. Um, and it's still like a, a worthwhile experience and, and totally valid to list of audiobooks and stuff. But I, I actually have been thinking about, um, sorry, Josh, I'll let you jump in here. But I really, my point is just, um, um, I guess I've been thinking about like, you know, what is it that I feel like I get out of reading and why is reading different than like watching a movie or whatever? And, you know, none of this is is like a fucking epiphany, you know, but I, I was thinking about it and I, and it's like, well, the way I see it, you can't, you know, uh, space out or whatever when you're reading or, or you can, but you won't you won't retain any of that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the the story in a book literally moves by your own energy whereas if you know you're watching or listening to something like that that piece of of art or media or whatever is going to continue whether or not you're you know alive or dead like your your being has has nothing nothing to do with like the progression of that that art or that story and and reading it's like you have to commit to to literally using like your own mental energy to to move that story forward or else and, that book's just going to sit there and be nothing and i think and that's what the makes world. the relationship yes right and okay. i think that's what's such a big part of like making the relationship 
and and why reading still has value even even while like you know people can can like make fake 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 ai people on the internet you know look almost yeah. real except for their hands and shit it's like we're in in such a weird time but it's like you know it's but, over. but there there is <laughs> but there it's there over. isn't anything you know still still quite like reading and I, it, it kind of sounds like goofy to say, but no, you're, um, you're absolutely right. It has been on my mind. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it it just feels different. Like reading to me, I feel like when I get into the zone, like reading. That that's why you know I I love it. That, that's that's why I kind of fell in love with it again over the pandemic. Was it just kind of it's like meditative, you know? It it kind mm -hmm. of you're you're kind of in a different state, you know? You're kind of. You, you know, you're, you're, you 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 do take yourself somewhere else, and I guess audiobooks you can do that too. But it's more, it it's more of like uh, you, you know, you participate yourself in in that journey. So so I think you're you're spot on about that. Yeah, I I was just going to suggest you should you should try reading along with the audiobook this time this, for next week. <laughs> See how that affects your comprehension. That would be interesting. I'd probably just get like really confused. Because we would <laughs> it'd be hard to read at the same pace, probably. Yeah, no, but I mean, with some practice, you probably start reading at the same pace as the person dictate or reading aloud. Yeah. Um, what's his face? Uh, the guy who plays Smeagol. Yeah. Smeagol. Yeah. Smeagol. Why don't we knew his name last time? L yeah, Larry we did. Grindle. No. He's really he's really famous. I know. Oh, oh, um, um, circus. Andy circus. Andy circus. Yep. Andy circus. Thank you. God. There you go. Andy circus. <laughs> yep. Who was also in Andor, which I haven't watched. Isn't he in Harry Potter? Oh yeah. Too? In Harry Potter. I think he. I think he plays something in Harry Potter. Is he? And he's in Doctor um, Who too. I think. Has uh, he been Doctor Who? I think he has been. Yeah. I know uh, he was in the new Planet of the Apes series, but he's that's... in everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was he he, he is. Um. He plays. Uh, a guy in Harry Potter. <laughs> okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm gonna look this up now because you got me curious. Oh, Gollum. Yeah. That's. Uh, yeah. That's that's what we're reading. Oh. He's in the Batman. He's in Planet of the He's in Venom. He is Go Gollum. That's he was Gollum in the chapter oh. that was Riddles in the Dark. There's two different Josh, names: Smeagol and Gollum. Well, so Josh said Smeagol yeah, in the Hobbit. Confused. He's called he's called Gollum. Wait, what the fuck? Oh, what? did I fuck up? Sorry. <laughs> so I, well, I know both names. Obviously, I recognize both. Yeah. Names. What's yeah? All right. So so is that a spoiler? Well, I no. I wasn't even aware of it. I, I don't really think it. you should consider it a spoiler. If you were just reading The Hobbit and not thinking about it, you would just think his name is Gollum. But he, you know he does kind of go about? by oh, right. he was, he two was, names. He was playing Snoke in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, my God. That's right. When I read, because um, I searched Andy Serkis Harry Potter, and then Gollum oh, no, wait, was Rise what Skywalker. Turned, turned up. I, Snoke wasn't in that one. Fuck. People ask, somebody asked who plays Gollum in Harry Potter. <laughs> um, oh, Wow, my my mind yeah. my my mind went to Dobby at first though. So I I, I yeah I, like, I associated the the name Gollum with Dobby, which obviously are <laughs> right. very different. Yeah, no, he it doesn't show, Harry Potter doesn't show up at all in the 
known for. Josh, that's so. F I forgot that um, Andy Circus played Snoke. Because I really thought yeah. him being in Andor was his first. I, uh, oh, wow, Andy Serkis is in Star Wars. He's been in Star Wars. I completely forgot. Oh, he was right. Snoke. He's really good in Andor, by the way. I love Snoke. Just super. You said you hadn't seen Andor yet. You, you should bump that up on your list, I think. I Especially since you're going to have time because it turns out that Jedi's Survivor just got delayed to the end of April. Oh. Yeah, that happens like <laughs> while we were podcasting. You know, I wouldn't so I wouldn't I don't really mind about the time delay. It's just that's going to that's going to be in conflict with uh, Tears of the Kingdom by then pretty much. Yeah, cuz Tears of the Kingdom is May. May I, right. And I, yeah. I realistically I will not be done with Jedi Survivor by the time Tears of the Kingdom comes out. So right. But hey, it gives me time to jump from Twilight Princess right into Skyward Sword. So Yes. That? Hey. Another question <laughs> people also ask is Andy Serkis a Smeagol? <laughs> is, he, is he a Smeagol? Oh, right. He's Claw and Marvel. Oh, is he though? Is he a Smeagol? I mean, we don't, we don't know. Yeah, you know, that's sure. like the beauty of that question. It's a mystery. Um, sometimes it's the questions you don't have the answer to that you know they're the most compelling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, anyways, um, I think Snoke was an underrated villain. Um, He's not a used villain. Uh, <laughs> he he was he was fine. I'm fine with what happened in the Last Jedi. Oh, I just can't believe too. we didn't get Supreme Leader Kylo, and instead we had to have you know resurrected Emperor. Yeah, no, that was that was an issue. But this isn't a Star Wars podcast yet, so no. But one day it will be for a brief amount of time. We should do an so. Andor <laughs> recap podcast. Mm. All right. Um, <laughs> I think there there are just a couple um, notes I want to go through in this chapter before we get to chapter 10. Um, when Bilbo finds Thorin and talks to him, um, Thorin doesn't seem surprised that Bilbo is invisible, and yet he shouldn't know that Bilbo is in possession of the ring because Bilbo only divulges that during like the spider attack where Thorne's not even there for that. Um, at least right. I don't think so. He, he had already been captured. I'm pretty sure yeah, he's captured right before the spiders attack. Yeah. Um, cause we were wondering where the, where the hell the, uh, uh, Orchrist was. Yes. Which uh, during the fight, I, I like that they, they mention, I forget if it was this chapter or the, the next one, they mentioned that Orcrist is with the Elf King. They weren't able to well, take no. it. Did, did they reveal it during the spider attack, or was it slightly before when they were going through the woods? Um, before they encountered the, the fires from the elves. Wait, what's your question, Josh? About when Orcrist did, or about the ring? About the ring. I when thought Bilbo that... Revealed. My my memory of it is that um, so Bilbo goes back to like save the dwarves hanging up and then like everything goes to shit and he's like, hey, listen, I have a plan, but I'm going to turn invisible. Um, so I think it's yep. during the spider attack. And so I, I think that also means that Thorin is not there. Now, this is also kind of a nitpick because I think it's just it's one of those things where... Um, 
I'm not sure it's that it's not I don't think it's that like Tolkien didn't think about it. I just feels he, I, I think he feels like it's not important. Like he doesn't need to really devote any time to that. But I immediately thought about it. Like, I don't know. Shouldn't Thorne be like, you I, can do that? I thought about it too, actually. But I also f- forgot or didn't even realize that he that um, Bilbo had r- revealed uh, his his power to the rest of the dwarves. Yeah. So, so that makes it a little yeah, bit you're, weird. You're right. In the end, Bilbo could think of no plan except to let the dwarves into the secret of the Fizz Ring. And that is after he has rec- rescued them from the, pir- from the spiders. I'm yeah. The pirates. <laughs> So Thorin Thorin just accepts it very readily, you know, um, which 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 is fine. Yeah. But it did feel like you know not even a line where like his eyes widen in surprise, like nothing. Okay, I kind of just yeah. assumed that he like wasn't in, in like was only invisible until breaking Thorin out. Well, the thing is though. There's a line when he's ta- when he talks to him where he's referred to as Mister Invisible Baggins, which I also took a note yeah. of because I thought it was funny. It's so. <laughs> a good name. It is. It is. Um, I know we never got to do that uh, Dune EP, or, or 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 we haven't yet, rather. But if we ever do uh, Lord of the Rings EP, Mister Invisible Baggins would be a great song name. Yeah, absolutely, it would. So you know what? Reading this paragraph when he finds Thorin, yeah. Um, when he heard Bilbo's little voice at his keyhole, I'm sorry. Uh, Thorin was too wretched to be angry any longer at his misfortunes, and was even beginning to think of telling the king all about his treasure and his quest, which shows how low spirited he had become. When he heard Bilbo's little voice in his at his keyhole, he could hardly believe his ears. Soon, however, he made up his mind that he could not be mistaken. And he came to the door and had a long whispered talk with the Hobbit on the other side. So we don't like, I, I think I, I know I had this conception when I was reading it first and you guys may have done it as well, but I don't think these are like jail cells that are just with like iron bars in front of it. I think it's like a dungeon where there's like a solid door, maybe a window at, at the top. So it's possible that he didn't even see that, Bilbo was invisible when they first showed up at a cell. And that, that detail may have just gotten filtered out to him in the days and or weeks after when he's shuttling messages back and forth. So it's possible he doesn't even see Bilbo during this first encounter at the cell. That's how I imagined it. I, I, you know, imagine him talking through a little hole in the door, you know, yeah, uh, like a keyhole or something. Um, Okay, let's see. I just found the paragraph that you're talking about, Josh. Um, Yeah, uh, I see what you mean. Um, I guess I'm I'm wondering, so where it says... So, Thorin gave... uh, Okay, here's here's the part I'm going to read. So, no one was to reveal their errand to the king, not yet, before Thorin gave the word. For Thorin had taken heart again, hearing how the Hobbit had rescued his companions from the spiders, and was determined once more not to ransom himself with promises to the king of a share in the treasure until all hope of escaping in any other way had disappeared. Until, in fact, the remarkable Mr. Invisible Baggins, of whom he began to have a very high opinion indeed, had altogether failed to think of something clever. So, 
this isn't like a direct quote so, of like what the character's saying, but I feel like that paragraph is like the message that Thorin told Bilbo to give to the others. And I do feel like that name implies yes. that Thorin is aware that he's invisible. I think you've glossed over the point you're looking for. For Thorin had taken heart again, hearing how the Hobbit had rescued his companions from the spiders. So I think that is the sentence that's saying that Bilbo explains what, what's happening uh, to Thorin. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, that, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. And and I was even thinking when you read the paragraph before Josh mm-hmm. saying that Thorne could hardly believe his ears, my when yeah. you read that, my reaction was like, oh, like that's actually the the line that kind of shows Thorne's surprise. Like he thinks he's yes. hearing things. Well, that, he like be. I think that line kind yeah. of does show that he he really doesn't believe it at first, right? Because right, like, up to that point, he was alone. He thought he was completely alone. He had no yeah. idea the others had been captured. And here's this burglar showing up. Burglaring, right, burglaring everything. Yeah. For weeks. So yeah, Bill gets a lot of practice burglaring. burglaring. He does. How many how many Burgl- times do you think you're going to sh- take a shot every time Josh says burglaring? <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird word. Do the chapter chumps drinking game. Uh, and the, the la- I, I am glad that we talked about that because it does clear it up for me a little bit and I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just like thing- that we're, we're being nerds pointing at the text in the book to argue over it. Yes. Well, I mean, that's kind of what it's all about, right? <laughs> well, actually, on page 178. And I like how we're doing it with The Hobbit, which is like the nerd book. Yeah. Now we Here just we need are. elf ears and wizard hats and we'll be the uh, the dorkiness oh, complete. Dude, we might do that. Honestly. I was joking. We... <laughs> Be careful what you joke for, Josh. Yep. <laughs> you know, we might do that. I'm yep. into it. I'm going to regret that sentence. Okay. And so the last thing um, in this chapter, let's see, page 163 of my copy. I think it's when they're talking about um, the where the river leads, like Bilbo realizes what the escape is. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Uh, It says, the wine and other goods were brought from far away, from their kinsfolk in the south, or from the vineyards of men in distant lands. And I just wanted to point, this, Tolkien has has written like that previously in the book, but like the lands of men, the something of men, and men is capitalized, you know? Yeah. Um, And so there's two things I wanted to mention. One, I like that um, men are regarded as like, kind of their own fantasy race, just like the way orcs are and hobbits. It's, you know, because right. our perspective look of the characters, none of none of the characters that we've ever met in, in The Hobbit have has been a man. Um, right. And so, like, from from the way that they perceive things, you know, um, we're, we're not following characters like us at all. And, and so it's kind of funny to be, of course, like men, reading this book, but from the perspective of, of characters that perceive them as, like, this whole other thing, much the yep. same way that we think of, like, the dwarves, the orcs, and they have the men, the lands of men, the also, vineyards of men. Also you know? known as big dudes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Also known as big yep. dudes. Yeah. Also, shout out to the band The Men. Um, they have a new record coming out this year. It's their first one in over a decade, I believe. So get ready for that. Oh, That's a just complete side bands. note. Very good rock and roll <laughs> bands. 
But yeah, so it, it's just it's just cool, I guess. I kind of like that that's like on the periphery. Like no, no nothing about like the men yeah. has really mattered up until yeah, like, the next chapter. The, it's like, oh yeah, and the humans are over there doing their thing. Mm. I guess they're making wine. Right. Um, I, I, I kind of like the, uh, not quite archaic, but like antiquated ter- term of using men to refer to the human race. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that fits the, 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 the fantasy genre. Um, yeah. But you like that? I, yeah, I like the, the it, <laughs> dude's well, I mean, what am I, I'm, I'm, dude's I'm trying to point out, I'm trying to point out that it's, that's why they're being referred to as men. It's I just know. like, it, it's not just a completely male race over there that's doing its thing. It's, it's referring to the human race. And it's I, like dude soup over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I worded it incorrectly, but no, I know you didn't. I, 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 I get what you're yeah. saying. I was just being a, a I, I, I take a lot of, uh, I read a lot of sci-fi and it's like everything. It's, it's like the humans or the Terrans or, uh, earthlings and then just men. It's, it's kind of like what was going in on the sixties when they, uh, one small, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Mm. Yeah. Kind of, kind of wording, uh, or, or like the plaques on the moon are like here, men stepped on the, their nearest celestial neighbor, like that kind yeah, of language. Yeah. It feels very formal and, uh, grandiose. Yeah. It has, it has that like high fantasy feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't it wild that this book was published over three decades before the moon landing? Yeah, that's that's insane. Just another fun thing to point out. I mean, but <laughs> before the moon landing was staged. Yes, thank you. Yeah, we. I mean. Yeah. Can't. But I mean, uh, was it Kubrick wanted to do it right though, so they had to film it on location? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got a couple of snide comments. Sure. I was reading because that's all I really had the mental capacity for on Sunday when I was reading. Uh, this time I took my nap before I started reading. <laughs> ah, nice. So I got through the, the chapters in an hour. Um, so when Bilbo discovers the way out, one day nosing and wandering about, Bilbo discovered a very interesting thing. A great gate. The great gates were not the only entrance to the caves. A stream flowed under part of the lowest reaches of the palace and joined the forest river. Somewhere in the forest beyond the... the the steep slopes of where... Where's the fuck? I, I, he finds the, the portcullis. Yeah. Which later is referred to as a water gate. Yes. And so I noticed the Wood Elves Watergate scandals coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't mean to read that whole like half a paragraph there. I, uh, no, I was really I wondering usually, where you were going with I that. I usually try to stick my notes next to what... What... Um, what prompted the note yeah so it's like it, it really is just like in the margins and uh i must have missed <laughs> uh then my last note is I, I mentioned earlier uh there is no need to tell you much of his adventures that night for we are drawing near the end of the eastward journey and coming to the last and greatest adventure so we must hurry on yeah uh so i was like oh now the adventure begins <laughs> <laughs> After we've traveled hundreds of miles, through a mountain, escaped goblins, escaped wolves and fire, flew on eagles, escaped spiders, had a, 
had a got heisted the dwarves out of prison uh, in the middle of the forest out of wine barrels. Now the adventure begins. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, we we got there. We are there. At, we are at Lake Town, which is at the base of the mountain. We're basically at base camp of the Lonely Mountain. Uh, we are there. We are now at the end coming up, and then you will get to the back again soon. <laughs> yes. And uh, it is it is funny that um... wait a minute was that the was that the end of the next chapter? That a is warm the welcome? end. That is that notice from the end of this chapter. It's probably the page before the chapter ten. It it it's, it really is. It's the break in the the text before the oh. end of the chapter. For me, it's page one hundred and ninety nine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no need to tell you that much. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I see it. Yep. It's kind of funny that um, it's like, oh, now Tolkien is gonna be like, oh, let's speed it up. You know, it's like you, you could have done some editing before in those earlier chapters too if you wanted. But he's like, oh, don't worry about all that. Let's keep going. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. So um, cool. We're gonna get to chapter ten. Um. Before we do that, how about we take a quick five-minute break? Yeah, baby. Sounds good. Type five, okay. type five. All right. All right, so welcome back. Here we go. Let's talk about Chapter 10, A Warm Welcome. Oh, boy. So... Everyone's going downriver in the barrels um and in fact the the elves have like grouped the barrels up together in like a raft that they ride um mm -hmm. and they're bringing the barrels to this village i forget what it's called it's on the lake long town. lake lake, lake town. town it's literally just lake town nice nice That's i was thinking um i know you guys haven't watched or read any Game of Thrones, I don't believe, but there's a town in it called River Run, and I was thinking of River Run in my head, and I'm like, I know that's not it, but just another example of how George R.R. R. Yes. Martin, I think, has taken a little bit from our friend J.R.R. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There's something there. So... So anyways, yeah, so they, they make it to Lake Town creatively named um, on Lake Esgaroth. Like Josh mentioned, this is pretty much right at the, the foot of the mountain. In fact, Bilbo can see the mountain um, yep. as they, they come on it. And he's, he's well, they don't come on it. You know what I mean? They come upon it. Um, but they, they come upon it, but not on it. Right, yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, and Bilbo is like really freaked out just by seeing it um that's kind of how the chapter wraps up too is like this feeling of dread just at perceiving <laughs> the mountain and, and knowing like what what that means and what comes next for them um but uh but but bilbo is invisible the whole ride on the raft as well he's trying to make sure that he's yep he's soaked hidden yeah and then you know they they get there the elves bring the, the barrels up to the shore. They take off to go do whatever. Bilbo frees everyone. And then they're like, all right, like right, let's do it. The, the only place we got to be is here. So 
they they go up to the the village gates and Thorin is like, "Hey, I'm Thorin, son of uh Thrair, Thrain, Thor Thor, well, there's Thror, there's Thorin, Throgar. there's Thror, who was his grandfather, and then... Right, I think it's Thrain, is the father. Yeah. And so, he, you know, they know that there's a lot of history with his family here. Um, I, I found it. I am, Th- I am Thorin, son of Thrain, son of Thror, king under the mountain. Yes, exactly. So, you know, essentially, Thorin kind of, like, has dibs, you know, <laughs> um, in a way. And so, he's like... You know, we're here. Um, they're like, okay, come on in. They go to the feast. Again, he announces himself before the city guard can even say anything, which I thought was funny. There's a line that he was going to, like, try to say something. And Thor, I just imagine him, like, busting down the doors, you know, and he's like, I'm here. Like, me. Fucker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also thought it was kind of funny that the master of uh, Lake Town is like, this, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, really doesn't even care. <laughs> Um, he's just trying to. He's just trying to keep business running. He's just trying to yes. be the mayor. Yes. Um, but everyone, you know, the the common folk are so swept up in the uh, the the story and the excitement of it all that kind of the prospect. No, of no like I've made a note about this. It's not a story. Yeah. It's another fucking song. It's a it's, yeah. It's, a it's song. never a story. It's always a song. Well, that, Everything yes. is a song. Nothing is ever just an old story. Those are, <laughs> those are their stories, right? Yes, it is. It is a way of telling stories. I I understand that, but I just find it. We were harping on all the songs in this book. We passed. We we completely glossed over all the songs the elves were singing again. Yeah, uh, true. But yeah, at this point, it's just like yeah, he's talking about all the songs that foretold the coming of the the of the king under the mountain again to let gold flow down the the river and all the personally all the, everyone would prosper and the dragon would die personally i i i think the return of muadib um warrens a song <laughs> you know i'm sure they, they did have songs sure. in dune yeah granny will sing it yep yep <laughs> um, yeah there's been a, a a song in each chapter i i believe that's true hey who played gertie in the movie <laughs> Uh, Patrick Stewart. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, you're talking one. about uh, Josh Brolin. <laughs> oh, you're right. No, I missed it. I thought it was Andy Serkis for a moment. I'm, I'm an oh, idiot. I'm that'd an be idiot. funny. Yeah. That's okay. No, it maybe, was Thanos. Maybe it instead. was Andy yes. Serkis just, just posing as, you know, he, he has like costumes. <laughs> just doing mocap of yeah, Josh Brolin. He was in Josh Brolin costume. Uh, anyway, where was I going with this? Uh, oh, yeah. Also, uh, uh, Thorin and the dwarves' arrival has been foretold and songed. Hallelujah. <laughs> that was yeah. my note there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The prophecy is being fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. it's funny that it's, you know, kind of a, a local legend. Um, which, you know, makes yeah. sense. It seems like it's a town that's pretty down on its luck. So if you have something that you can kind of cling to to... To give you yeah, a promise of like a better life, right? Yeah, he he mentions the, like you could see piles from houses that used to be there. That yeah, the town used to be a lot bigger and stuff like that. So um, it's not like they're it's not like they're completely like destitute. They have a they have a life. They have trade with the elves. They have decent housing. It's just it used to be better. Yeah, right. It's like, I, I think they are pretty well off, all things considered, especially since they're living on the other side of the Wildlands. Yep. Um, 
And, but yeah, it's kind of like it could be better, right? And they haven't seen the dragon in so long that some of the younger folk don't really think he's real. Yeah, that was a funny detail, too. Boy, are they going to be surprised in future chapters, I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that was funny, especially in a world so, like, obviously fantastical and magical like Lord of the Rings. They're like, hey, yeah. listen, I know there's goblins over in the Misty Mountains and, and we yeah. trade with wood elves, but I draw the line at dragons, buddy. Well, I, I took it more like, oh, yeah, there's, they say there's a dragon there, but he probably died or left years and years ago. Because yeah. no one's seen him in years. Yeah. So is, there, is there really a dragon under that mountain? It's not not like, is there really a dragon? It's like, is there a really dragon under that mountain? Yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. You know, Josh, you always bring me back down to Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Misery likes company. <clears throat> um. So. Oh, and I found the, uh, I found the note uh, you had mentioned earlier that uh, they do mention poor fat bomber. Yes. But they, he's just saying poor fat bomber was asleep or senseless when they're taking him out of the barrel. Mm. So no, no update on exactly how, how fat he still is. <laughs> uh, but he is at least, but they, but they do say he's fat, right? Yes. So. so that's a note that I wrote down during this podcast. Mm. Um, Connor, Share your thoughts a little on on this chapter, if you would, please. Um, yeah, I'm just like kind of fascinated with the with all the politics, and I mean the politics and like the 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 myth building, I guess that um, Thorin's ancestors have have the mark that they've left on these people is is pretty interesting, and um, I, I I I just like how. You, like you know they, they they get into introductions and they're like uh th- then there's like one elf there that's that's like you know, yeah <laughs> these guys are phonies they were imprisoned and um it, it's it's just like a very very funny kind of subtle uh conflict like with you know some people believe them some people don't but the but the, like the the fervor of the myth is what really keeps them safe here Mm-hmm. Um, which, which is pretty funny. Um, for a couple of weeks, like people are celebrating yeah. for literally weeks yeah, that these yeah, guys yeah. have showed up. It's like, oh yeah. damn. It, yeah, it's you know, it's also funny to me how, how much time has passed. Like consistently throughout the book, like when they stop at places, they stop for a while. You know, like like they, yeah. they, they'll stay multiple weeks at pla- you know certain places. Um, yeah, they say it's it's now like well into autumn. Like the trees are yeah. are falling. Um, I, I literally put my finger on the point where they're talking about this. Although autumn was now getting far on, the winds were cold and leaves were falling fast. It's when they're leaving the the lake town. So yeah, it was like th- this. This book started in April. It was Late March. I I don't remember truthfully, but we do know it's been spring. Yeah, around spring. But um. Then you know, word of the plan or whatever, getting back to the the king. I think right. Doesn't it get back to the elf king at, at the end? And he's like, yeah. He's like, if you know, like they're all gonna die. They're, the plan's never gonna work in a million years. But if it does, like I'm gonna I'm gonna need some of that money. 
Yeah, yes. <laughs> Curse you, Thorin. Fuck. Just shaking his fist. I imagine him shaking his fist like Skeletor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good chapter with a lot of interesting, um, you know, parts going on and uh, sets us up for, for I guess, what is going to be the main adventure, which is exciting. Yeah. It's funny to hear you explain it, like your thoughts on the chapter and, and how, like, um, you found yourself kind of focusing on how the the myth of Thorin and his lineage is kind of like what what gives them like you know their their welcome and their ability to rest up and like the the kind of like the dynamics between the different factions here you know i'm like it it does feel like you lay it out in a very dune like way yeah. it's just but you know of course um it, it, with with tolkien it, it, there's like none of the feeling that this is here to be like deconstructed or, or dismantled or observed yeah. it's like built on on those myths and built on those foundations not trying to like deconstruct you know them. yes yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it's kind of funny that you can start at the same point and and have like you know just wildly different um goals as a writer and like takeaways as a reader uh but i so. I'm, I'm right there with you it is funny to, to see how like thorin just shows up and he's like you know i'm here I don't know. Yeah, if you ever seen yeah. like the Emperor's New Groove, where Cusco uh, goes through the, through the door and he goes, "Boom, baby!" You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> of course, <laughs> you do. That, yeah. That's how I imagined. Yeah, that, Thorin that's exa- that's exactly how Thorin coming into the stall. <laughs> and you know, I love too how how they're all like, "Yeah, you know, the song doesn't say that it's going to be his his son or grandson, but we don't care." <laughs> this, oh this, yeah, this, that's this, right. Yeah. That's and it right. Does, it never mentioned a hobbit, but. Yeah, yeah. yes. Bilbo's at the seat of honor. He's like, there was nothing in the songs about me, but I'm not going to (laughs) complain. So just to backtrack just a tiny bit, uh, they they took off. uh, The the, the journey began in one fine morning just before May. Okay. So it's been about five or six months. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that all adds up in, in a pretty interesting way um i like the feeling that the journey takes so much time and mm-hmm. you know when you just mentioned each time they stop it's for a while it's like yeah you know yeah. even when they were at uh the last homely house with uh elrond you know it's like no matter yeah. where they go um and i i've heard that the movies like make the lord of the rings look like it goes by in like a few in a similar time frame but really it takes like 17 years in the books we'll, we'll get to that but uh, yeah, the, there is definitely passage of time in these books. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, Meanwhile, yeah. the Hobbit movies make it take place over <laughs> such mess with time even more. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there'll be there'll be something interesting to to talk about as we as we get to that point. Yep. But um, yeah, it, it is cool to see them talk about it here. I feel like it, it does kind of lend a, a real sense of like you know the the kind of time that people need to like truly recuperate it's like you imagine mm-hmm. um just how like starved and weathered and and exhausted they really are it's like you can't just like fucking nap <laughs> or you know you're not gonna <laughs> even like a day of rest is like nothing like you need you know they need like half a month yeah. to be able to like actually get to the point where they're like okay like let's let's tackle like the 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 true adventure like josh has mentioned 
with the mountain and smell. I can appreciate that. They walked and and rode for hundreds of miles. They ran for their lives several times, fought several tough battles. I can understand having to rest for a couple of weeks. I mean, that's how I feel after every day of work. You know, I just feel like yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> right. work, work a day, take a few weeks off, work a day. Yeah. You know. Yep. Um. Do Do you have anything else? summarize before I get into my last couple notes here? Nothing else to summarize. I have two notes that I want to mention. Um, if you'd like me to do that first, I can. Um, I can go first if you want to. Sure. So, this note's really three and one. So, hopefully I don't ramble too much. Uh, but we finally have a realistic portrayal of outdoor adventuring. Bilbo gets a cold. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I think this leads us to our episode title this week. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, I was going to suggest Dude Soup, but I like Josh's more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. I, I found that, that, that part pretty funny. Uh, it also reminded me of a bit of paleontology. Because there's a Gary Larson cartoon, and this is probably a well-known fact, but there's a Gary Larson cartoon where there's some cavemen showing a diagram of a stegosaurus. And he goes, and this is part, referring to the spines on the tail, uh, is the Thagomizer, named after the late Thag Simmons or whatever the, the other caveman, poor caveman's name was. And that that became like the actual name of the feature on stegosauruses because it hadn't been named up to that point. So yeah. the, the, the like the spikes that stick out the tail of the stegosaurus is actually called the thagomizer. <laughs> um, I think this, the reason I was thinking of it is it came up in a D&D series I've been listening to recently uh, where they were fighting a stegosaurus. And uh, so, yes, my note here is just something, something thag- thagomizers because Bilbo said thag you very much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's my little tangent there. For some uh, reason, I thought you were going to connect that to Orcrist. Because it like killed uh, orcs, and it's like, oh, maybe that, but like, I don't know. No, no, just hat, thag. That yeah. reminds me of a cartoon. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes my brain makes some pretty deep connections. Other times it's just like, haha, funny. No, that's. I mean, uh, I good far side shout out. I, I would, uh, I would get those books from the school library a lot at mm-hmm. uh, Shen. I, w- I would check those like far side compilations out. And I, yeah, my, I just love to read those. I, I find the compilations at uh, my my parents had a couple. My grandmother had a few. So when I was just bored growing up, I'd read a few of them. I had no idea what half of them were about, but the Thagomizer one stuck with me. Um, there's a couple other ones like pilots, like oh, guess we're having some turbulence, and oh no, here comes some more. Um, <laughs> But yeah, if you haven't read any Farsight cartoons, I highly recommend it. They're very, they're quite timeless. Uh, my last note of these chapters, though, uh, is when they finally take off and head to the mountain. That same paragraph I mentioned earlier where Autumn was getting far on. Uh, they, they load up in boats with rowers, the dwarves, Mr. Baggins, many provisions, horses and ponies have been sent around the long way. Um... They're all saying farewell. People sang out on the quays and out the windows. Uh, the boat keeps going. The only person thoroughly unhappy was Bilbo. Yeah. And my note there is the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I, I like I like that feeling of 
Yeah, it's very ominous. You know, it's like everyone's happy, they're well rested, they feel ready, and it yeah. seems like you know, Bilbo kind of has you know his his head screwed on right. You know, he knows to be worried. Everyone um, else yeah. is like you know revitalized by all all these people cheering them on. You know, for like the last <laughs> three weeks, like you know, yes. their, their heads are huge with ego. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, baggins will baggins, you know. It's true. And on that that topic of like the more things change, the more they stay the same. I did have a note on something that I thought was kind of interesting that I, I felt like changed. Um, in my copy, it's the bottom of page one hundred seventy-eight. Um, after the dwarves are freed from the barrels, you know, they're still like just so exhausted they literally just have to like flop out on the beach you know um and so everyone is like actually like not not immediately grateful um and bilbo says well are you alive or are you dead asked bilbo quite crossly perhaps he had forgotten that he had uh at least one good more meal than the dwarves and also the use of his arms and legs, not to speak of a greater allowance of air, referring to Thorin. Are you still in prison, or are you free? If you want food, and if you want to go on with this silly adventure, it's yours, after all, not mine. You would better slap your arms and rub your legs and try to help me get the others out while there is a chance. And um, to, to have, like, a small moment where Bilbo calls out Thorin and, and stands up to him, I think is a really great, like indication of his growth like you think back to when the dwarves first came to his hobbit hole and he literally didn't even know what to say he was so like shackled by this this sense of like propriety that he just let complete strangers into his house and bent over backwards to give them like any you know anything that he could from his pantry didn't even ask them why they were there you know didn't didn't even have like the the will to be able to ask them what they were doing here just immediately starts doting on them no matter how many dwarves come through the door and we see him now at a point where he's gonna call out the king of their people uh you know and i uh, thinking about those two moments side by side, I think is a really great like showcase of of Bilbo's um, of his growth. You know, um, definitely something that we did spend a lot of time talking about in regards to Arthur and the Hitchhiker's Guide. So it is funny to me that it's the same guy who plays Arthur and Bilbo, who's Martin Freeman. We're talking about yeah. actors a lot today. Um, yes, we are. But. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is just a really great Bilbo moment to have him just be like, "Are you fucking serious, Thorin? You know, you're you're gonna be like a whiny little shit about this? Like, I just saved you again, by the way. Um, so thanks. I really liked that part. Yeah, yeah. I, I think right. I think Thorin takes that to heart though, because when the others start grumbling when they're all rescued, he says, "I think we'll be more grateful to Mister Baggins once we're well fed and rested." Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I I think so, too. Um, it's kind of nice, you know, like, I think the dwarves have kind of, like, begrudgingly, like, realized what Bilbo's worth is, you know? But I, it's it's not until recently where I think 
you know, Bilbo knew what his worth was, you know, like that he actually is an invaluable member of this party, you know, and, and I think he's finally realized that and uh and it's cool to cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, good point, Connor. I agree. Cause yeah, I I do think that moment is more right, not not showing that like Bilbo feels like he needs to prove himself to the dwarves. It yeah, he he's coming to his own, right? Yeah, like he yeah. knows when to like stand up for himself. Yep. Um, it's yep. it's not about him saying like, hey, you know, um, I'm I'm a part of this team too. Like he's literally just like you know, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't care if you're the king of dwarves. Like you don't yeah. get to treat me this way. Yeah. Exactly. And that's also how any other dwarf would react. You know, to to their you know brothers or whatever. Um, yeah. And uh, so, so yeah, I think it's it's pretty cool. We'll see how that progresses through this main mm. adventure and more time with the ring. I don't know. I don't know if the, if the ring comes into play at all in this book, but we'll see. I mean, I mean, in I, in like uh, in ways more than just you know the basic use of it. Right. Right. Yeah. There's has been like a couple interesting lines, especially when he first acquired it, but. Um, but yeah, but I don't think we've really seen it the way that that it kind of lives in our heads. Um, the last note that I wanted to mention here was on page 175, towards the the beginning. It's on the second page of uh, my chapter 10. There, uh, Bilbo's thinking about Gandalf, and uh, the narrator Tolkien kind of mentions uh, this. He has this to say. Oh yeah. Um, so, if he had known that news of this had reached Gandalf far away and given him great anxiety, and that he was in fact finishing his other business, which, is, which does not come into this tale, and get, getting ready to come in search of Thorin's company, but Bilbo did not know it. And so, the, the two things there is, uh, one, Gandalf has heard that the, the group's passage through the Mirkwood kind of went to shit, and he's worried about it. I, and he's coming to them. I think he heard that the passage, not not their like their their actual journey, but the actual physical like road that they were planning to take is what went to shit. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that um, the paragraph before that was describing how like yeah, the, this way got blocked off. This way is full of spiders. This way is uh, nothing but uh, like dead ends and marshes because. The environment's gone to shit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It does say just before that. So you see, Bilbo had come in the end by the only road that was any good. Um, yeah, I see. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. So one, we kind of get this idea that like, hey, m sounds like Gandalf is potentially on his way to reunite with the group. Kind of mentions in passing. And then also... You know, it'd be one thing if it was just, like, Gandalf's finishing up his business, but it's, like, Gandalf's finishing up his business, and it doesn't matter to this story, so don't worry about it. And it's, like, <laughs> is it going to matter in another story? You know? Who knows? So, um, kind of an interesting little aside in the parentheses there that, that Tolkien mentions. Um, obviously, we don't know what Gandalf's up to, but we we've gotten a lot of, like, you know pieces of lore on like the periphery of this tale 
a lot of things that we see on the map that we're like, you know, what's this? Does this matter? What, you know, what, what's, what's the deal with the necromancer? What's going on with any of this shit, you know? What's going on with Gandalf? Um, so I, I like that this kind of keeps that idea and that mystery sort of in play here in a small way. Um, but otherwise, that's the only other thing I wanted to mention about this chapter. Um, I like where it leaves off. You know, Josh was talking about pretty much the whole group being ready to tackle the, the true adventure here to scale the mountain and confront Smaug and who knows what then. Um, and it'll all be over in less pages than the fucking uh, spiders. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know how much of this is devoted to the back again portion, but yeah, I don't know uh, I'm, just, I, I'm just joking. I don't know what the actual page counts are, but it's, I mean, we got like a third of the book left tops, and I think that's like half the chapters too. So we're going to be having some shorter chapter discussions. They're the taking future. the express train back home. <laughs> yeah, the express eagle. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else we want to mention before we close it out here? Um, I think I think I'm all good. I'm just uh, I'm I'm fucking ready. This this book is finally starting. You know, I'm ready to, to to finally have some action here. Yeah, you you've read through the extended prologue. Yep. So. Exactly. I'm excited for the dragon. I'm excited for for the return of Gandalf, even though he has not been gone for very long. Still very exciting. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Same. Yeah, I really don't know how this thing is going to go with, uh, with Smaug slash Smog, you know? Um, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to actually get to grips with these coming chapters. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, really, I really wonder where that leaves us how, how much is this going to be them you know do am i really going to get a chapter of them digging up all that troll gold <laughs> you know like <laughs> i don't know whatever yeah yeah okay um, well hey that's it take us away connor if you want to support us you feel free to go to patreon.com slash chapter chumps where if you become a patron of ours for just one dollar you become an official citizen of chump nation which means you get voting rights which means you can help decide which book we read next um this is very important it's an it's an honor it's a privilege so uh sign on up and for um just a few dollars more what is it three three dollars for three dollars yeah three yeah. three dollars for for three dollars um you officially enter the chump first which means you get uh to hear bonus content you get access to our discord server it's a blast we're reading a whole whole ass different book on that uh bonus <laughs> bonus show um, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy by douglas rr adams <laughs> um, <laughs> You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Chapter Chumps. Email us at chapterchumps at gmail.com. Um, like, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. But as always, until next time. Enter the dragon. Mm-hmm.
not like really don't really enter the dragon like that'd be yeah. <laughs> you know 